Peace, peace. You know what it is. Shamir S-K-Y-Z-O-O Skazu live out the borough. And this is the NBA Exchange with my man Dexter Henry. You know how you doing it, man. Log on, tap in. Let's get into it. What's good, everybody? Happy Wednesday to y'all. It is the Wednesday edition of the NBA Exchange. And you know what we do on Wednesdays. You know what time it is. It's always about the NBA with nuance. No hot takes. Maybe we'll slip in a couple of hot takes in this episode, or maybe not, because, you know, that's not what we do. Joining me for the non-hot takes, which we never really do hot takes on the show, but the non-hot take version exclusively for you guys is my man Gerard Hector. You see him on the Seven Footers podcast. You also see him on True Hoop. He joins me now, rocking the bright orange shirt, even though it doesn't feel like that uh, <laughs> outside where we're seeing some snow after we had a 60-degree day a couple days ago. Yeah, man. You got you got the summer colors on, though. You're trying to put out the positive vibes. I, I, listen, I'm putting out the positive vibes. I just got a text being like, oh, I guess you could have your Cabernet tonight. It's snowing. I'm like, yeah. we. Do. I, I was wondering. I'm like, man, I may not be able to have this nice bottle of Cabernet. I'm like, we're getting in the warm weather. I don't like to drink Cab when it's when it's getting warm outside. Yeah, but I'm yeah, like, yeah. We dropping back into the cold. I'm like, that Cab may get popped open tonight. You know you know what's funny? I was thinking the same. I had just copped myself. All the people don't like wine. and going to be like, ugh. I just popped myself a, a, a Caught myself a Chilean, uh, trying out a little Chilean cab that I got the other day. I think tonight might be the night to uncork that. I think (laughs) so, too. Yeah, I think it might be the night to uncork that. All right. Might be the night. That definitely might be the night for that before we can get into our uh, lighter, more summer-friendly wines as the weather uh, Mm -hmm. gets better. Uh, Good to see you, man. Um, You gave me an idea to talk about this for this show uh, this week, which I thought was very interesting. We want to look at some of the teams that, are likely to make the playoffs, right? And when we say likely, we're looking at the top four seeds in each conference. But we talk a lot about what players do good on the show, how they look, how teams look good. But listen, there's no teams that are perfect, Gerard. Every team, they've got some flaws, right? So we are going to go through eight very likely, I want to say very likely because nobody's clinched yet, playoff teams, and we're going to look at what their flaws are, and we're also going to talk about if they can overcome them. Now, before we get to that, question i have for you gerard is that okay where we are in the season about 17 18 games to go is it time for teams do they have enough time i should say they've got some flaws do they have time to correct it or is it too late uh yeah man it was 17 games to go it is too late at this stage of the season dexter you are who you are um now some teams may get some key pieces back in players that could solve some problems and make them better and really, you know, uh, improve their fortunes depending on the level of player that's coming back. But, you know, teams that have height issues on the wings, you're not going to grow seven inches in the next 18 days, right? <laughs> you're not going to find somebody who's 6'9 all of a sudden to solve your problems. Like, no, unless that person's already on your roster and they're coming back from injury, you're, you are who you are and this is what you have. And the question now is, whatever this flaw is that you have, can you mask it, Right. Or, and can you, you know, and do you have the right luck? Because luck is something that I know we don't like to talk about, but you have to be good and also lucky to win the NBA title. Do you get lucky enough with whoever your opponents are that they're not someone who can exploit whatever it is that's your flaw? 
Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. So we're, we're going to go into that. Uh, what do you want to start with first here? You want to do a little Eastern Conference or Western Conference? What do you want to We can go whatever order we want. Let, let's go East. Let's go East. Stick in the East. All right, let's go. Let's, let's stick to the East. Okay, so let's stick at the top of the East. Uh, favorite team of a uh, friend of the show, co-host of mine <laughs> on the AHL podcast. That would be the Miami Heat. They're currently the top seed in the East right now, but... I don't think many people at the beginning of the year, Gerard, said, okay, this late into the season, into March, we'll see Miami at the top of the East. I think a lot of people thought they could be competitive, but maybe they, they wouldn't be at the top of the East. What are their fatal flaws? What do you think that um, they have issues with yeah. as they head into the postseason, even though they are a top seed? I mean, Miami is, first of all, let's, they're excellent. Coach Spo is maybe the best coach in the league, in-game tactician, um, their player development is second to none. They probably have the best player development in the NBA in terms of what you look with guys like with Gabe Vincent, Max Juice, Omar Yersturvin, Caleb Martin. I mean, all these guys having incredible years that anybody in the NBA could have had, but the Heat have them and they're playing well. All right, that aside, what I worry about with the Heat, uh, Dexter, is in the playoffs, I know they can stop people. I worry about can they score enough points? And it is particularly in late game situations when all your fancy Duncan Robinson handoffs and, 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 you know, back cuts and back screens, when that stuff doesn't go, goes out the window because either a players are fatigued, the team knows what you're doing and they see it coming. The refs allow more grabbing and holding. So you're not getting those clean, easy runs who can break a defense down one-on-one and get a bucket. All right, Jimmy. Cool. That's not really Kyle Lowry's thing, right? Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero, the sixth man of the year, for sure. Now you're putting a lot of pressure on him to do that against some of the game's elite defenses. Okay. But they might be, to me, one player short in that regard. And Jimmy's not shooting it well this season. He is not shooting the ball well from the perimeter. I know he doesn't shoot threes. It's not about that. But his perimeter shot making has not been great this year. So that concerns me for the Miami Heat. Their late game offense, when they have to just, when the defense is mucked up and it's like, I need someone to just break somebody down and get a bucket. Hero, okay. Jimmy, okay. Okay, so here's this. You talked about the fact that for a lot of the teams with these flaws, they're not going to get people, guys that can come and help. And and if they can mask it, yes, but you're not going to get those reinforcements there. The Heat, some may say, have got some of the reinforcements with another guy, Victor Oladipo. Looked all right in his first game back the other night, 11 points. Do you think he can be that guy? Does he help that flaw that you're talking about in needing another scorer for them? So Oladipo hasn't played in what, like a year, basically, give or take yep, something, something yeah. like that. All right. Until he played earlier this week. Look, I'm not saying he has to get back to all NBA third team level. I mean, shit, if he does that, yeah, they, they might win the whole thing. Then they, then they got him, they got Tyler, and they got Jimmy. That's three dudes who can get you buckets anytime you need. All right, then I'm good money. Um, we'll have to wait and see. It's one game. Let's see how he looks and how this all progresses. Um, but, you know, I, I, I he could be that guy. So, yes, if you're a Miami Heat fan, there's optimism that he could be that guy. Um, you know, they, they have some size issues. I know that, you know, they got Bam and he's, you know, kind of a do-all everything. Like, they're in a way, in a way their version of Draymond, right, on defense. But, you know, when you play in a team like Milwaukee that's going to mash you with Brooke and Giannis, two seven-footers, that's a lot to handle, right? Like, you know, are you going to be able to grab rebounds? Are you going to be able to get paint points? You know, so it'll be interesting to see. Again, it's about matchups. If they if they avoid a team like Miami or avoid a team like potentially Brooklyn in the first round, because yeah. Brooklyn will be in the play-in, 
it might be fine, right? So it, it's all matchup dependent. But, you know, again, late game offense is just an area of concern I have for the Heat. Do you think our friend Brian Fonseca thinks that the Miami Heat have any flaws at all? I do not think that he does. <laughs> I mean, if he's being objective and takes off his fan hat, he will. <laughs> but but he will talk himself into, you know, how everyone will play above their skis. The other thing, too, is, is that mm-hmm. Gabe Vincent and uh, Caleb Martin and Omar Yusurvin and Max Truce and all these people, they play great in the regular season. I'm not saying they can't play great in the playoffs. but We'll see in the pressure cooker of the playoffs. Are you still hitting at that elite clip, right? Every We know everyone's shooting percentage and efficiency goes down in the postseason. Everyone. Because you don't get to play Orlando and these terrible teams in, in the playoffs. You only play good defenses. And the further you go, the harder the defenses are, right? So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how those players particularly play out. It will be interesting to see with the Miami Heat. Uh, next team up for us in the Eastern Conference. The Philadelphia 76ers, obviously a lot of drama has gone on with them this year. Uh, James Harden now in the mix there in Philly. Ben Simmons out. Uh, What do you look at with the Sixers? They've righted some of the wrongs, I guess, in Simmons being out just from a mental standpoint for the team, right? But what do you think are the fatal flaws of the Philadelphia 76ers? Again, I'll start off with the positives. Anytime you got Joel Embiid and James Harden, who miraculously, those hamstrings look all of a sudden so much better. When he's in Philly, he looks amazing. That's neither here nor there. But when you have two all-world offensive players like that, like Embiid and Harden, you can beat anybody, right? Because you ain't stopping them two dudes. Like, they're, they're too good. Um, what I worry about for them is on the defensive end, we know that historically James Harden plays well in a switching scheme. Well, when you have Joel Embiid on the floor, you don't switch. Because why would you, right? Like, that's not, that's not, that doesn't suit, suit his game. Right. So Doc's going to have some work to do with what they do defensively. And I wonder if in the trade uh, for James Harden, did they give up a little bit of extra shot making in Seth Curry on the perimeter? Right. So now we're going to rely on Danny Green, Tyrese Maxey and Forkmon Korkmaz. Korkmaz having a bad year from three. Danny Green's, you know, Danny Green and Tyrese Maxey, a great young player. Everybody's excited about, but still a young player. Right. This is only year two in the league. Um, so, you know, I, I worry about that. And then, you know, Joel Embiid can't play 48 minutes. And you got the corpse that is DeAndre Jordan as your backup center. Well, there's a reason why he was available, right? Um, uh, Andre Drummond, if nothing else, was a good backup for Embiid this year. Best, when he was best backup in the league, for sure. Best and now, in the league. Yep. you know, so that, that'll be interesting in the non-Embiid minutes. Yeah, I'm concerned about the non-Embiid minutes for, with the Sixers. That's probably my biggest area of concern with them, how they're going to fill that. DeAndre Jordan, you've known if you've been watching basketball, not playable in the playoffs. They're going to have to play him, and somebody's going to play him off the floor. It's pretty much simple. It's simple as that for me. All right, moving along. Milwaukee Bucks, defending champion Milwaukee Bucks. What are their fatal flaws, Gerard Hector? What do you see uh, wrong with them as they head to the playoffs? I mean, for them, it's really about you know, defensively, is Brooke Lopez going to be what he was last season? He's coming back off. He didn't play all year, right? Back surgery. He has been clear for contact, and they expect him back, and they have Connaughton also coming back from injury. But that that's it for them. It's can they play the same level of defense they played last season? What made Milwaukee so good in the postseason? Yes, everybody, Giannis had the 50-burger, of course. But, like, guys, again, nuance. What made them so tough to beat was fielding Lopez and Giannis, two seven-footers. You had zero people. You, you couldn't score on them in the paint. 
and you couldn't grab a rebound because they got everything. No, extra shot opportunities and limiting you to one shot and no paint points, that's a recipe for winning NBA championships. The only team to push them to seven games with a chance to eliminate them and win were the Brooklyn Nets. Why? Because they got Kevin Durant. So we don't need paint points because we got that dude. Well, only one team has that dude, right? So you're if you so for me, if they can do that again and, and have those seven footers and control the paint and the glass as they did last year, you ain't gonna beat them. Are you concerned at all about their defense that we've seen through the regular season? Or do you look at this as look, man, they won the championship. They kind of just waiting for the playoffs to come here and let's see what happens. They, they know they can turn it up when they need to in the postseason because they've done it before. So here's the thing, and you get the nail on the head. One, they won the championship last year, so they were definitely in coast mode. Two, Bud is still tinkering and experimenting with different things they're trying on defense, which is why they're doing what they're doing. Listen, it, it, that's what the regular season's for, 82 games. That's your lab. Try, experiment, do all the different things. You got data on what works come postseason. Oh, we know what we're going to do now. Right. I'm not concerned about that at all. And they're going to play much freer now. Think about it. Last year was the year they were playing with pressure because when they were down 2 0 to Brooklyn, it was like, it's a wrap. Bud about to get fired. Is Giannis going to, you know, even though he signed the extension, blah, 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 blah. The Drew Holiday thing only has been here half a year didn't work. Right. All the stuff was coming out. Man, you win a championship. They can play footloose and fancy free now going forward. So they ain't worried. <laughs> I, I agree. I think so. I don't think they're worried at all. Last team we'll talk about in the East. They look are likely to make the playoffs. They will be newcomers to the playoffs. They haven't been there in a while. That is Chicago Bulls. They've had a fantastic year. They've also dealt with a lot this year in terms of injuries, COVID, that nature of everything. What's the fatal flaw with the Chicago Bulls? You know, the Busevich minutes at center, I think, are really going to hurt them defensively. Um, you know, when they're playing teams that we mentioned, like a Milwaukee, um, like a Philadelphia, I just don't know that the the Vooch minutes help them. And they have, I mean, Pat Williams hasn't played all year. What, what, what do they go for backup after that, right? Like, it's just not, I, yeah, I, I, I worry about that. And, you know, they, they've been injured, right? Like, and if, De, if DeRozan isn't, his magnificent self as he's been all season in the clutch in the fourth quarter, number one fourth quarter score in the league, highest efficiency, all that. Well, I told you at the beginning of the show, everyone's efficiency gets worse in the fourth, mm-hmm. in, in the playoffs, excuse me. If he doesn't do Superman things like he's been doing all regular season, I don't know where they get their offense from, right? Levine's good, of course. You know, Lonzo helps as a ball mover, all that. But I, I worry about them in terms of, does, does what they do all regular season translate into the postseason? Yeah, that's that's a big concern for me, too, along with the interior defense. You mentioned the minutes for Vucevic, them not having a lot of depth at center. They did not address that at the trade deadline, which is your point of what you made. It's not like these guys are coming. There's not a lot of centers on the buyout market, as evidence of the 76ers signing the great DeAndre Jordan, who Gerard loves. Uh, <laughs> there, there's not that much there, so – you wonder how teams with size, a la Milwaukee, Miami, how they are going to maybe exploit that. A lot of this, like you said, depends on matchups that we're going to see in the East. Okay, let's go out West where, mm-hmm. you know, I know you're excited because at some point <laughs> we're going to talk about your guys <laughs> down in Memphis. We'll talk about them uh, in a bit. Let's start off with the top of the West, the Phoenix Suns. Okay, uh, runners up last year for the NBA title. 
got to the finals. They have been, let's keep it real, they've been the best team in basketball throughout the regular season, all season long. Nice lead up on number two in the West right now. What are the flaws of the Phoenix Suns? I remember we talked earlier in the season about how we thought they could get better. Uh, have they addressed that? Do they still have those same flaws? Um, just a little bit. Um, I worry about their size in the wing and tertiary shot creation. Now, they picked up Tory Craig um, in a trade, so that helps them out on the wings. Another like Jay Crowder-like, right? Because, you know, Booker and CP3 can get theirs. Uh, I'm not worried about that. But what hurt them in that final series against the Bucks? Size, right? True Holiday is six foot four, long arms, right? You get him, he starts smothering Chris Paul, right? Chris Middleton's six, seven, six, eight, long arms. You start putting him, he starts smothering um, Devin Booker, right? And of course, you have Giannis, the, the seven foot Swiss Army knife that can roam and cover. It's a lot of length. And the hardest thing to do in this league is score over length. It's just really difficult to do that. And, you know, I mean, I love Chris Paul. The point guard is probably my favorite point guard of the last 30 years. But, you know, he's six foot on a good day, right? Like, and so size, size matters, right? So I worry about their size a little bit um, when they're playing against those bigger teams and that tertiary shot creator, right? Okay, Book and CP can create. Who else am I, am I counting on to create on their own when everything, when the water gets shut off? Mikel Bridges has shown some improvement putting the ball on the ground. Can he do more? And they got campaign, Aaron Holiday, um, you know, uh, Alfred Payton. Can those three guys, between the three of them, can they figure out 10 minutes in the in the postseason, right? Because, again, you're going to have to figure out where you're going to get that other piece when they know, shut off book, shut off CP3, right? And Ayton, while he's an improved scorer, he's not an offensive initiator, right? You get him the ball and he finishes, right? So I think that's that's a concern. What, what is there a matchup you look at for them with the Suns where you're like they're really going to need that that you know tertiary scorer? Where do you you see that? Is it a gift they play the Warriors? Is it if they play say your Grizzlies? We'll get to in a second. Where do you think they really need it in a matchup? You know, it's interesting. I think with the Warriors they'll be okay. While although if the Warriors have if Iggy's back and whatever that's again that's length and defense and that's that's a problem for them. They have Clay, so yeah, mm-hmm. the war the Warriors length and and size on the wing will will bother them a bit. Um, no, I, I think they'll be okay against Memphis. I think they know how to execute um, and they have that that playoff experience. I mean, really, the 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 team that will really give them problem potentially could be a team like Dallas. Um, and the way they play defense, right? Dorian Finney-Smith and some of those bigger guys out on the wing can really harass and bother them a bit. Um, you know, and if they, of course, if they get to the finals and it is Milwaukee or Miami, you know, it's a lot of defense and size out on that wing that's going to really muck things up for them. Yeah, you wonder what matchup would be a, a nightmare for the Suns there or cause them a bit of problems. All right, let's talk about your Grizzly Cubs, man. Let's talk about them. Look. They've been the darlings of the league. They've impressed. John Morant's been fantastic. Your boy Triple J, and we're going to get to this in another show. I was thinking about this other night. Could we start talking about Triple J for Defensive Player of the Year? There has not been enough talk about that. You can argue nobody's impacted their defense more than he has. You're hearing it from me. Gerard <laughs> is not even saying this. This is me saying this, okay? This is me saying it. I just I, – I looked the other day, and I said, yo – He's not even high up in the odds for this. I looked up some, you know, we'll, we'll mm-hmm. get to that another mm-hmm. time. But my point being in all of this, the Grizzlies have had a fantastic season. Yeah. They're number two in the West right now. They probably will finish number two in the, in the West. It looks very likely they could, and they're playing hard and clearly going for 50 wins. Um, what are the flaws of the Grizzlies? I think the easy answer for everybody, Gerard, would be 
youth. They haven't done it before. I think that's an easy answer. But is there more to it that than just saying youth? Or is that a little bit lazy when we come talking about the Grizzlies? Uh, two things I want to say really quick. First off, y'all know I've been on the Memphis Grizzlies way before this year. I've been on this train for years. That's number one. Number two, if not defensive player of the year, he needs to make one of the NBA all defensive teams, right? Like I, I, that, 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 that needs to happen. Okay. Yes, youth, of course, is the big one, right? They haven't done it before. And the other part, the other, but the other big thing is a lot of their offense comes in transition and deflection steals and getting out and racing out in the transition. And I said that before. You're not playing Houston and New Orleans and these Sacramento and these bottom dreg teams in the Western Conference. You're playing all good teams who don't turn the ball over. So your half-court offense is going to have to be better. And I do not love their half-court offensive execution. It is too ja-heliocentric. Um, and look, he's amazing. But when every team knows he just wants to get to the paint, I mean... All we got to do is stay home on Desmond Bain, dare everybody else to make jumpers. If they beat us making jumpers, we'll go home. And the Grizzlies have not shown the ability to do that consistently all season. Who is the secondary scorer in the half court that can make that can make buckets consistently? You know I love Trip, but Trip's got to be more consistent in that in that way. He'll have a week two week stretch where he's amazing and then he'll go silent for like 7 days, right? So it, it who's that consistent second piece that can get and create on their own, right? And I think that's the challenge that that, that the Memphis Grizzlies will have. No, I think you're right about that. I think you nailed it. And it almost, it's it's got to be Trip. It's got to be Trip now or never. It This is on him. He's got to be the guy that's that secondary creator in the half-court offense. I, I agree with everything you said. Those are some of my uh, concerns with the Grizzlies, although I enjoy watching them. They're my favorite team in oh, the league great. to watch. Uh, why? Because why would I be watching the Knicks? All right, moving right on. The Golden State Warriors uh, started off hot. They've come back down to earth, and they've dealt with a lot of injuries, obviously. Draymond getting Clay acclimated, uh, although we hear Wiseman supposed to be back on the way rehabbing with the G League team. So some things. With the Warriors, what are their fatal flaws? A lot of people thought they could win the championship this year. They still have a chance to do that. What are the fatal flaws of the Golden State Warriors? Um, interior size uh when they play against those big really good centers um you know as good as Draymond is right a matchup against the Nuggets Jokic just might carve them up right like that's just a tough tough matchup and then re- right and, and rebounding in that regard so I worry about them there the other piece is I said how every, again everybody's efficiency gets worse in the postseason Steph and Clay are both shooting their worst that they've ever shot in their careers this season now Worse for them is very good for just about everybody else. But what makes them so difficult is when those two are supernova elite and they have not been that this year, right? Shooting, true shooting, effective field goal percentage, three-point percentage, all down across the board for, for both of them. The idea that, oh, don't worry, come postseason, they'll just shoot better. Maybe not. Like Maybe this, right? and again, that's what makes them so elite. Steph Curry taking... 13, 14 threes a game, shooting it at 42%. Well, taking 14 threes a game now, shooting at 37%, you're like, oh, 5% drop, what's the big deal? No, that is a big deal, right? Like, right, that, that that's, you know, three extra points you're not getting now, give or take, right? Or two point, whatever, like that. In the playoffs, when the margins are thin, that matters. So I worry about them um, offensively uh, when those two are not at their super elite best, which they have not been. 
Yeah, they they have not been. Um, yeah, and you do worry. Shot making is harder in the playoffs. Will they make more shots? Now we know we've seen them do it. We know they've been great in the playoffs. Can uh, can they do it again? They are a little bit older age, probably a concern there too. Okay, the last team we're going to talk about of this eight is I think a team. If you've watched any of our content, if you know how I feel about them, they have been highly scrutinized for me. It used to be the Clippers. I used to say the Clippers are going to clip. And now you might have to say the Jazz are going to Jazz. That is the Utah Jazz right now. Uh, they have a lot of problems. I'm not a believer in what they can do in the postseason. I could go on about their flaws. But you tell me, Gerard, what are the flaws of the team that plays in Salt Lake City? You know, I hate to single out, like, individual players or, like, things like that but and coaches. But Quinn, Quinn Snyder is their fatal flaw. When they are back into a corner – and what, and what they've done is not working. Can Quinn make the requisite adjustments? We've seen it for two straight postseasons now. The answer is no. Now, coaches and players can all improve and get better, right? We know that. What was the knock on Bud before they won the championship last year? Bud's so inflexible, blah, 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 blah. This, this. He, won, he wins now? We don't hear nothing, right? Now, Bud's great. But, but, so can Quinn make different adjustments, right? When his perimeter defenders are getting blown by, as they often do, and it forces Rudy to have to protect the paint and scramble out to the three-point line, what adjustments does he make, right, to ca- to counterbalance that? Because they didn't make any adjustments last year. Um, and then, you know, the Donovan Mitchell, it, how much heliocentrism do we want with Donovan Mitchell versus, yo, Bogdanovich got to get some, got to get some shots up, right? We, we, Conley's got to get some threes. We get, we, we got to get some different looks for different people, right? How much do do we go into that mode where it's all about Donovan Mitchell? How do we balance heliocentrism versus the beautiful offense that that they that they've been playing for mo- for the most part? It's an offense for me that has been beautiful in the regular season. We have not seen that in the playoffs. My biggest issue with them, besides I think what you brought up with Quinn Snyder is the fact that they're just too slow in the perimeter. They can't guard in perimeter. And then you have the fools, I'll call them fools, we talked about this last year, that end up blaming Rudy Gobert as if there's something that he can do. Well, they're not just good. They're not good enough defensively on the perimeter. We've seen this against teams that have gone smaller against them. We saw this uh, last year with the Clippers. And, and here's the thing for me with the Jazz. They haven't come up when it counted. They have not come up big when it counted because of these flaws that we've mentioned. And they have lost two teams they should have beat. Like, mm-hmm. and that's... And that's just simply it. They have not done it. And so until I see him do it, yeah, man, I, I can't believe it. I, I think they are – I might say this. Of all the teams we talked about, they might be the most flawed to me that I think is primed for a second-round exit. Uh, so I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't trust them. Is there another team for you that you think is the most flawed out of all these teams? Because I could see an argument for the Grizzlies. I can see that. Because uh, they're, they're the youngest, you know, yeah. I, I think, but the funny thing about the jazz is they're seven and three in their last 10. And from a metric standpoint, they're still, they're playing well. Like they're third in the league and adjusted net rating. I mean, they're, they're, they're winning and beating teams are supposed to beat. Right. Um, and they're only three games back of the warriors and, and three and a half back of the, of the Grizzlies for, for the number two seed. So the jazz getting a little run here. Next thing you know, you're like, Oh, they're back in the two seed. Right. I mean, it, anything can happen. Right? We have 17 games to go. But I think your point is correct. They are classic. We don't believe you. You need more people, right? Yes, like un- until they do it, yeah. we're not. We're, we don't. We don't believe them. And that's just the reality of sports, right? You got to prove it. That 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 is the reality. I mean, I'm not saying they can't. I think they have talent to do certain things. I have some concerns, but 
we got to see him do it and do it in the playoffs. Like that's, that's what it comes down to. And for me, I'm sure we'll talk about this more in the coming weeks. This is a big oh, yeah. postseason for it's the huge. Jazz. If they don't go to the conference finals, uh, I mean, we've already heard rumors that the, the Donovan Rudy uh, pairing is probably going to be no more and be looking to angle his way to somewhere else and, and all that. So, yeah, if they don't do that. Uh, there could be major shakeups in Salt Lake City. We will see. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to give you our NBA picks for tonight. Help y'all win some money the same way Gerard and Jenna do every Tuesday night. We'll try to help y'all win some money on this Wednesday night. More of that when we come back on the NBA Exchange. Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over-under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the NBA Exchange. All you got to do is sign up now and use the promo code NBAEX. Prize picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Yep, that's right. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play download the prize picks app today that's right use that prize picks code now some of you out there have used it and signed up already get your first (coughs) deposit matched up to 100 dollars and you know win win yourself some money that's what we're going to try to help you do here on this wednesday gerard how did the betting go for you last night I did not get to watch the betting show. How did you do last night? We did well. I think uh, game one, I gave the the, the players uh, a John Morant two threes, Desmond Bain two threes, Jaron Jackson two threes, and Grizzlies win single game parlay. That definitely hit. Huh. I think Grizzlies uh, minus five and a half, they blew them out. So that hit. Oh, uh, yeah. So I give you winners. And then second game, it was easy. Warriors minus six and a half. I knew that was coming. Um, I might You might have gotten the part. I don't think Steph got 30 last night, did he? No, and I had a I had a little bet on him. I took it's funny. I bet the same exact games that you did minus that Grizzlies parlay last night, and I took a bet on Steph for over 20, 24 and a half points, and maybe twenty three or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. twenty two, and then nine assists, which was asking a lot because he doesn't have a lot of high assist games. Mm-hmm. But I thought he might find guys blowing him out. I saw that win coming pretty easily for them. Yeah, but you know, you win some, lose some. But I did win on. I did hit on those games. I did hit with the Warriors. See, I did hit with go. the. I, and I didn't even listen to the show. We took the same picks. We okay. give you at least one for every game. You get at least one winner. That's the streak we're on. Every game, go. I give you one winner. At that, listen. More, more, some people want it all, but I think that's all you can ask for. All right, tonight's games. Uh, what you got? You got two, I got two. Who, who you got in your first game? Uh, Celtics at the Charlotte Hornets, second night of a back to back for the Hornets. Uh, Celtics, I believe, are six and a half point favorites. Um, this is easy money to me. Celtics, I think, win this one comfortably. Um, and I like the under because the Celtics are playing good defense, minus that game against the Nets. But I mean, you got Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, so hard to stop them. And look, the Hornets defense, they too just Gave up a 50-burger to Kyrie Irving last night. Yeah. Uh, so they don't play great defense either. So go with the under there. And if you want to go with a single-game parlay, I like Tatum to get 30-plus or 30 points. He's averaging 32 over his last 10. Lonzo Ball, 28 combined with points and assists and a C's win. I think that will be a nice parlay for you and payout. That's not that's not a bad one. Tatum's been fantastic. He was He's really on fire. good against the Nets, uh, who couldn't stop him the other day. Okay, my first game is uh we talked about these two teams earlier. 
matchup of two of the top teams in each conference. Not as sexy as you'd want it to be. It's the Suns versus the Heat down in Miami. We know which way Brian Fonseca will be betting on this. I'm inclined to follow him on this. Now, the Suns, no CP3, obviously. No Devin Booker. Still out with health and safety protocols. Now, Second night of a back-to-back for Phoenix. Second second night of a back-to-back to to Phoenix. Yes, good note on that, too. The Suns, I want to know, have been playing tough, okay, even in these games. Although the Knicks gifted them a win last Friday, we won't talk about that. They have been playing tough here uh, with this. I'm not inclined to – I wouldn't even play around with this line here. I can see the Suns hanging tough here with the Heat, even with the seven-and-a-half points. Where I'm inclined to go is this over-under. We know how good the Heat defense can be. The Suns also play very good defense. I can see this being a low-scoring game. And also, Gerard told you about his concerns with the Miami Heat, and that being that they struggle sometimes with the late-game offense, which I still think is a concern. So that over-under 219.5, bang the under on that. I would absolutely take the under. That's how I bet this game. I'm staying away from the line. Give me the over-under. I'll bang the under on the Suns and the Heat at 219.5. So that's my first game of the night. Gerard, your second game. Second game, the Atlanta Hawks traveling to Milwaukee to play the um, Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks are four and a half point favorites. Uh, so if you want to just bet that straight out, I like Milwaukee minus four and a half there. They're kind of getting into a groove right now. Atlanta, I mean, look, they're in that 10 seed and I guess they can do some things. But I've said this numerous times on this show. I've said it on my other platforms. They started the year with the wrong kind of mojo and energy and it hasn't, it hasn't helped them. Now, Look at the over, because I mentioned the, the Bucks are experimenting on defense and trying different things. Atlanta, the one thing Atlanta can do is score, okay? They, they can put up points, and I think they'll do that in this game. So look at the over there, and again, Bucks minus four and a half. Now, if you want to go single-game parlay, Giannis triple-double, Trey at least three threes, and the Bucks win. Uh, that should give you a nice payout if you want to do a single-game parlay. Giannis triple-double and Trey three threes. Okay, I can, I can see that. I'm sure that will give you a nice payout. Okay, my last game of the night that I have is really comes down to uh, a team I trust who's done a lot with a little, and the team I just don't trust at all. Denver Nuggets versus the Sacramento Kings. Nuggets are four-and-a-half-point favorites. Look, the Nuggets, man. Gerard. <laughs> Jokic, man. Your boy Jokic has been taking care of business consistently. That's the thing, folks. Consistently, right? taking care of business. It is very hard. And we, Gerard and I, I'm sure we'll get into this in the next two to three weeks. It is very hard for me to say that he is not the MVP. I'm sorry. Some of these performances, look at who's out there. I'm not trying to be disrespectful and say that it's Jokic and a bunch of dudes, but it's Jokic and a bunch of dudes, right? Outside of Aaron Gordon, it's a bunch of dudes. And this guy's putting up monster numbers. You saw it the other night against the Warriors. He's out here killing. Okay. He killed against the Warriors, who we actually can respect and they had a lot of guys out there well the kings that's kind of like playing the warriors without all their guys there's nobody there the kings just blew a 20 point lead to the knicks the knicks who haven't been playing good now the knicks have won two in a row what do you think Jokic is going to do to them carve them up go throw some money on a Jokic triple double right now i think that's a nice bet see what you can get there in terms of value the kings have no answer for him they get anybody in foul trouble down low the modest bonus nope no answer at all whatsoever Nuggets, this line only being four and a half, I think that's low. I think you jump all over that because it's the Kings. You don't trust the Kings to do anything. But I trust in Jokic. I believe in Jokic. I think we do. We know Gerard does not worship at the house of the King, but he might actually worship at the house of Jokic, although I think he doesn't <laughs> worship at the house of anybody. Oh, where'd you go? 
I do not work. Oh, there you go. I was like, where do you go? <laughs> no, I, I'm sorry if I dipped out for a second. Yes, I'm back. <laughs> I do not worship at the house of any player. No, no. Yes, no. I knew that. <laughs> I, knew, I, knew, I knew there was no worshiping at the house of any player. Uh, except for the Kings. Speaking of worshiping at the house of the Kings, before we get up out of here, how were you impressed by the uh, Kings 56 piece last week, last uh, Saturday night, I believe that was? No. <laughs> No, no, let me, let me, let me, let me stop playing. Listen, LeBron, what he's doing at his age is remarkable. Absolutely. It is. I mean, look, he probably is the greatest player of all time, right? You can split hairs, whether it's him or Jordan or Kareem, whatever. It's, he's in an exclusive club with maybe only two other members. That's it. What he's doing is phenomenal. What he's done in his career is phenomenal and it's still not over. The reality though is, is that, the championship winning time with the King looks like that time is over. Um, I just look and the Lakers got their one. They won. So it was worth it to do all the moves they did. They got it. Yeah. But these next, honestly, actually these next, this off season coming up is so critical for them. Yep. What do they think they're going to be going forward? And what, cause look, if you look at the Lakers historically, what have they been peaks and valleys? That's all it is, right? You get magic and all that cream in the eighties. Title, 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 title. All those guys retire. Doldrums for the majority of the 90s, right? Nothing. 2000 comes Shaq and Kobe. Title, title, title. Break up. It's just Kobe. Terrible. Win a couple titles. Kobe's done. Terrible. Right? I mean, it's just, and I get it. The Lakers ain't about drafting people and player development. They're not about that. We just get stars. It's like, I, I mean, but just know after you win, comes the peep at the time in the valley it's looking like valley time coming up for for the lakers right now valley time out in the valley yeah i'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm here for that you know, you're right about that it's gonna be an interesting off season for them but uh no lebron season has been impressive particularly from the scoring standpoint so we will see that is it for this episode of the nba exchange uh we will have a lot coming more talking about the playoffs the playoff race getting tighter the plan There'll be so many talk, so much to talk about, including what teams are going to do in the offseason. There's a lot of nuanced things to talk about. And you rocked with us today. You didn't get any hot takes. It's not that bad, man. You can enjoy talking basketball without any crazy hot takes. It can happen. Yeah, man. Go on Twitter and follow you know who if you want to get them hot takes. Y'all know who to follow to get all that good outlet jazz, but that, you yeah. don't do that here. You want to get some good reporting, some good analysis. You know, you know where to go. You know, you know what to do. Uh catch the ride hector on true hoop, bring it in. Friday, 11 a.m. Check him on there. Also catch him on the Seven Footers podcast with our homie Jenna Lemoncelli. Uh, every Tuesday night, they do their thing there and have a little betting show before that, which is really good. You catch him here every Wednesday with me on the NBA Exchange. You know how to follow us and continue to support us. We appreciate all that. And be sure, check out that prize fix promo code using the code NBAEX. Get your first deposit matched up to $100. He's Gerard Hector. I'm Dexter Henry. Until next time, y'all, on the NBA Exchange, peace.